0: Dr. Greger how are you today? I am doing fine thank you. Great and welcome to the How to Health podcast i Dr. Lori Marvis and we are so thrilled to have you here. Um, this is Dr. Michael Greger from nutritionfacts.org which is a fantastic website it was a huge uh, help when I first transitioned my practice about six years ago and um you know, he's written the book, How Not to Die, which is fabulous, which I recommend to all my medical colleagues as well, patients, and uh, very excited. So um, as far as – oh, there you are. Hey, you're even brighter. This is great. <laughs> um, we, went, we had a few questions, so we have a few people who wanted to ask a few questions about for you, and, um, you know, I'm working with a young lady – um, Katie. Katie, you want to say hi? She's a, a plant-based dietitian, and we're working together. How
1: are you? <laughs> Good, and,
0: and with students, you know, um, my, my daughter's a medical student now, and we're curious, where could medical students or uh, dietitian students go to actually learn about this? What suggestions would you make to someone who's just starting out in their practice, or even practicing physicians how to actually get, you know, this uh, training that we would need to do this well.
1: There is an amazing website. Be yes, indeed, you read my mind. More than <laughs> a thousand videos. What else do you need?
0: Honestly, that was my that was all the training I could find in 2012. So. <laughs> And uh, it was fabulous. Do you have suggestions for people like me or Katie, because we want to become involved with students in educational processes, something that we can see or maybe an obstacle that you see or a need that's not being met that maybe we can do to help, you know, get the wins and the sales of this movement. Well,
1: uh, there are more and more opportunities for uh, continuing medical education um, uh, in uh, nutrition. So, for example, NutritionCME.org, run by the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, free CME on lifestyle medicine, very exciting. American College of Lifestyle Medicine is also uh, going to be launching a CME program, and I'm honored that my uh, a program that i put together is going to be uh, their first offering. Uh, And uh, so, well, that's, uh, you know, exciting Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, because many of us did not get this information in medical school. So at least um, we will uh, get it now that we're out in the world and actually, uh, you know, uh, interacting with patients.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I'm actually sitting for the Lifestyle Medicine Board. uh, Oh, me too. High five. Very good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I should sit next to you in case there's a question I don't know the answer to. So I'm going to put note to self on that.
1: <laughs> yes, shoot off of Dr. Greger, yes.
0: <laughs> There'll be many lines of eyes going over there. Sounds fabulous. All right, so <laughs> we're curious, what did you eat today?
1: Um, What did I eat today? Um, Oh, uh, we had some, uh, oh, uh, some leftover uh that's funny. Well, no, yeah, I should probably not say. Actually, that's funny. No, so that um, we are eating the last of our rice. So it was this wonderful black rice um, that made with some uh, dry, cooked with some dried mushrooms, and we had this like um, there was a potluck, so we had some all these barbecued lentils, and so it was a barbecued lentils on black rice with mushrooms, and of course, tons of greens thrown in there um, with, of course, some hot sauce. Um, but, um, the, uh, but I mean, the reason why it's just the irony is that today I released this new DVD talking about the danger of arsenic and rice. Here I am eating rice. Um, but it's only because we're cleaning the house out. Do not waste uh, food. I don't want to waste food. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, it should have been, uh, it should have been black quinoa.
0: mm Okay. That sounds delicious though. As far as we so then we have some other patients. So a recurring theme that I've seen in more recent times with transitioning these patients literally from the standard American diet to the plant-based diet or whole foods plant-based diet. Some of them are having recurring bloating, even several months into it or some constipation. So do you have any suggestions on either the causals, you know, we're increasing the water you know, they're doing the fiber, they're building up slowly the fiber, maybe start with lentils and then doing the beans, but nothing seems to be abating. Do you have any suggestions or thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, someone well, so, I mean, what kind of fiber intake are they getting if they're still constipated on a plant-based diet?
0: They, I mean, seriously, we were giving them their food. So when they would come to stay with us, like they were uh-huh. only eating our food. So it was uh-huh. oatmeal[s] and in the morning with berries and nuts and wow. let's see wow. here, almond milk, and they were doing soaked oats. and then at lunch it was a huge salad, you know dr. Nice. Furman's like pound of we grains love
1: salad, yeah,
0: yeah, and then the, there was a small side of like cooked veg and beans, uh-huh, and then uh-huh, on nice. the salad is beans and fruits okay. and uh-huh. ground we'll see what else was there walnuts nice. um and then the the nut butter based or nut be base hungry. yeah <laughs> good, good, and then for dinners, they usually had another. Uh, entree that was cooked vegetables with Uh a smaller salad and um, more fruit as a side. So
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, what you describe is an extraordinarily healthy diet, but it's actually, I think if you added up the fiber, you'd be surprised um, because um, uh, fruits and vegetables, people think for fiber, think fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables um, have a lot of fiber per calorie, but they have so few calories, they have so much water in them. There's actually very few, um, uh, there's very little fiber with a few exceptions. Um, And so, I mean, we're, I mean, if you really want to get to, you know, 100 grams of fiber a day, something that's kind of more natural for our species, then whole grains are really the only way we're going to get there because they're, because they're dry, basically, and such that um, you Mm. can get really extraordinarily high um, fiber. So when I talk to, the, so when I talk to people like, oh my god, I'm eating big salads, I'm getting huge amounts of fiber. Actually, um, if you add it up throughout the day, you'd be surprised. Maybe you're only hitting 30 or something, which is the, you know, 32 is like the recommended minimum daily intake. Whereas, you know, you get a really healthy whole food plant based diet, you can get up to uh, 70 or so, and the healthiest populations are like at 110, you know, which wow. is what we um, basically wow. evolved to eat. So. Um, someone who's constipated on a plant based diet, i uh, you know, ground flax seeds, lots of water, and uh, increase their whole grain consumption.
0: I love that. That is fantastic. I never really thought about the actual fiber content of whole grains versus the veg. Ah, that's fantastic. And what about the bloating? I'm, I'm assuming that would go kind of along with. Oh,
1: well, I mean, so, right. So that's, uh, I mean, that may be a microbiome issue, and it's mm-hmm. a matter of, you know, feeding the microbiome and what does the microbiome eat? The, Fiber bacteria. These are fiber mm-hmm. bacteria. We need to increase our fiber intake and foster the growth of good bacteria so the bad bacteria die away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we shouldn't have those gastrointestinal problems. Now, look, there are some people that may have mm-hmm. some issues mm-hmm. um, with, uh, you know, with gluten or with some of these kind of fructooligosaccharides And I mean, you know, and so you have to go on kind of a case by case basis. But mm-hmm. um, in general, uh, I mean, you want digestive health. I mean, that, that was the whole foundation of plant-based, you know, of the whole plant-based diet theory you know, starting with Burkitt and Walker and all those, you know, mm-hmm. you know, key figures back in the middle of the last century. Um, it, you know, it really started with the diverticulosis and, the, um, you know, hiatal hernia and then expanded from there to the heart disease and the cancer and all these other things, but digestive health, and that's 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 that that's what we should be you know that's a that, that that's that should be the baseline
0: gotcha all right, so then some of the other questions um some folks were had was about your autoimmune autoimmune immune disease, do you have a certain protocol? do you have suggestions? I mean, I know what Dr. Furman suggests, I know what I've used in the past, but what would you say would be? Were there certain things that they should avoid or do more of as far as any type of autoimmune disease? Well, I
1: mean, any kind of inflammatory disease, whether autoimmune or not, you need an anti-inflammatory diet. And what is that? That's a high, extremely high antioxidant, um, whole food plant based diet. And so you just, you know, pack in the brightly colored, you know, fruits and vegetables. So you want to have, you know, the berries every day, you know, turmeric, these kind of things that uh, have anti-inflammatory properties. Um, and then it's, you know, it's, you know, each one of these diseases is different. Um, uh, so uh, in the DVD I just released today, you know, I talk about the dangers of nutritional yeast, for example, for those with Crohn's or hydratinitis separativa, um, uh, two autoimmune diseases. Um, nutritional yeast is healthy for most people, but not for uh, people with those two conditions. Um, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, there's some things that have been found to work for Crohn's that don't work for ulcerative colitis um and uh you know but in general you know whole food plant-based diet um you know one in 20 people with joint pain tend to feel better uh cutting out nightshades um and so hey it's worth giving a try maybe you're the lucky one in 20 that actually improves with a simple dietary tweak but if you don't feel better put them back in your diet these are super healthy foods mm-hmm. um but you know see these are some of the things you can try to see Um, uh, if uh, you know you can uh, cut down inflammation people can uh, start out with a water fast Um, and if all their symptoms go away then obviously diet had something to do with it and so then you start you know doing this kind of elimination diet start adding bad food groups and seeing um, what is causing the problem and uh, you know People get bummed out that they find some trigger of some food they love. But that's such amazing, tremendous news. You know, these horrible drugs and new biologics we put these people on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that there's some dietary tweak that can actually make people feel better. I mean, that's the best news there possibly could be. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, talk about a safe therapy, cutting out of food. It's about the most you know safe, simple, side effect-free solution there possibly is. So we should work on... Um, trying to discover each and every possible dietary treat to all these people. And sometimes there's no help at all. Mm. We do have to put these people on these horrible immunosuppressive therapies. Um, but, um, uh, you know, there's uh, really exciting data on everything from lupus to MS to Crohn's. Um, and they all, the, the kind of Venn diagram overlaps with a whole food plant-based diet packed with dark green leafy vegetables, berries, and colorful spices.
0: Wonderful. Wow, that is wonderful. Thank you. And so, my husband had a question too because he's been doing this for six years and lost a tremendous amount of weight, has done Smart very man. well. Yeah. Plus, I didn't give them a choice. That's what I was cooking, and um, so you know, we talk a lot about the supplementation. Have you seen any evidence with more people moving to this direction? Of course, we're always recommending B twelve, and then some, you know, do the um, algae omega threes and those type of things. Do you see any evidence that now we're seeing more people move into more of a vitamin deficiency, or you know, people are asking, well, how um, how much do I need? I know you do the twenty five hundred micrograms of B twelve weekly, and and those are the things I suggest. But are we seeing that people are neglecting that? Um, because there are some people who don't push it as much as they should. I think, anyway.
1: What is your thoughts? Absolutely, the, yes. People are running into problems, but just because they're not doing it. Right. right? I mean, um, I mean, you do these some of these surveys. It's just so depressing. You do surveys of you know uh, vegans, vegetarians, and large percentages are not supplementing with B12 or eating vitamin B12, fortified foods. And these can can lead to literally life-threatening complications. Mm -hmm. It's critically important that Mm -hmm. everyone eating a plant-based diet, any semblance of a plant-based diet, even if it includes um, small amounts of meat, eggs, and dairy, must ensure a regular, reliable source of vitamin B12. That's absolutely the most important um, thing we can possibly push. And that's why you often don't hear me talk about things like the DHA, or vitamin D, things like that, just because I don't even want to dilute the message. The message is B12 or bust, <laughs> um, particularly um, during, you know, pregnancy, infancy, breastfeeding, um, when, you know, the baby started out with essentially no B12. The mother was deficient and so very rapidly can develop life threatening symptoms and babies have died. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, just absolutely no excuse um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so it's something that we should, uh, plug all over the place and, uh, look forward to doing more videos on twelve.
0: Cool. Thank you. So, you know, what is something that you don't usually tell people in your interviews? I know you have been interviewed and given talks around the world. I mean, I don't even know how you stay awake. I don't, I'm really quite impressed. It's
1: a healthy diet. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's insanity is what I think. And so, um, I'm curious, what is the something that you do or that you enjoy that you haven't shared with too many people, or that you? That you hmm. I'm um,
1: trying to think. Um, uh, um, I play tenor saxophone. Really? No one knows that.
0: How long have you been playing the You're saxophone? The first
1: to know. Um, I played uh, <laughs> for 18 years, I played.
0: Wow, do you still play it, even with your I busy do, schedule?
1: I, you know, I actually don't anymore, but I'm bringing it to Summerfest. Um oh. uh, To uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, they have, like, a little... Uh, uh, they're getting the band back together. And oh. so I thought I'd whip out the sax, and, uh, and I think people will be... Will be surprised. I'll do a little Bill Clinton thing up there and see how it goes.
0: I love that. My husband plays the saxophone, he pulls it out every once in a while and scares the neighbors. Oh,
1: nothing like a good embouchure. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Oh, my goodness, that's hilarious. So, you know, what is something? So, you know, you get a lot of different questions from people. And what is something that you wish people would ask more about? Like, what is the one thing you're like, geez, you know, I have all this knowledge and experience, but I really want to be able to share this in most every interview or something like that. Is there something? Well, I mean, I
1: think it's the disease reversal stuff. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what it all has to come down to. I mean, people ask a lot of like, you know, little trivial things or, you know, they're interested in little tweaky things. They're like, oh, what about coconut? What about these kind of things on the margins? Mm-hmm. But it's like, wait a second did you not hear that the number one killer of men and women is reversible with diet? Right. What? Like that has to be front page headlines every single day in every single newspaper until Mm. no one dies of heart disease anymore. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, since July 23rd, 1990, with the publication of uh, Dean Orange's landmark lifestyle heart trial in the Lancet, that's it. That's the day no one else should have died from heart disease. Mm. Yet hundreds of thousands of people continue to die of this preventable, arrestable, reversible disease. We could not talk about anything else. What, let's say a plant-based diet did nothing else, didn't help with anything else, mm. right? It was useless against obesity, nothing, right? Right. It just so happened to reverse the number one reason you and all your loved ones will die. Mm. Uh, shouldn't that kind of be the default dad to prove it otherwise? And mm. the fact that can also prevent arrest and reverse other leading killers like type 2 diabetes and hypertension it makes the case based simply overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. This is not cherry picking here. No other diet has ever been proven to reverse heart disease in the majority of patients. It's hard to cherry pick when there's only one cherry.
0: <laughs> I'm going to pick the one cherry. So I'm curious, why do you think that doctors, because for me, it was one patient, And she did better, and I was, like, hooked. Like, what is going on? And started diving in. So it was really simple for me. But why do you think other doctors, because when I just, uh, for me, that's the most frustrating part. When you share this information, why won't they pick the cherry? I don't understand. Like, why can't they see what's right in front of them? Yeah,
1: well, you know, they don't have that patient. They don't have that patient of yours. No, it's it's true. I mean, you know, when you go to these, like, International Plant-Based Nutrition Healthcare Conference, this fantastic conference that Scott Stoll puts on, um, and speaking it, it,
0: there actually this fall, fantastic. I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm so excited. You're just
1: surrounded by mm-hmm. you know hundreds of plant based practitioners, and you know you're sitting around and like, oh, so what did it for you? And that's the story you hear. My patient, a patient came to me that I knew forever. Diabetes getting worse, 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 worse and which is that's what happens it's chronic disease right mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they got better their sugars yeah they stopped the insulin now oh my god and you're like what did you do mm-hmm. um and they say oh well i saw this document i saw folks over knives i did this and blah blah and then they're all of a sudden you know they're like oh my i've got like i've got hundreds of patients like you mm-hmm. right and then right. and then and then what's frustrating for me is i come along being like Look, I've got a stack of peer-reviewed articles dating back to the 70s showing this, right? But that doesn't do it. Like, we're not data-driven creatures. We're not rational, logical creatures as much as I'd like to think we are. We're emotional creatures. We're story-driven creatures. And it's like, I can show you all the placebo-controlled trials in the world, one patient comes to you one family member one you know and and you know face to face with this person who's in tears because all of a sudden they're not gonna lose their limbs anymore or go blind or lose their kidney function um and that is what and all of a sudden the, the entire practice has changed and people you know take up the mantle of lifestyle medicine and they're off and you know meanwhile i'm sitting back here with steam coming out of my ears being like oh, look at this i've been telling you is so clear but the science is black and white it's graphs it's p-values it doesn't have that human element um and so uh and so i guess we really need both Mm. we have the mountain of evidence which is absolutely overwhelming and now we just need that kind of human element to translate that mountain of evidence into action
0: okay so if we have a patient and i know what i do to get patients to actually transition fairly well what do you think is when they look at you and they're like, well, maybe I'll do it. Is there any specific words or anything? Or do you try to find that one trigger for that one person to actually have them switch fully? I mean, I like, I, you're exactly right. I tell them the story. I tell them how the patient came and how her daughter came off ADD meds and all that crazy stuff. And that brings them into the fold. And then I go into the science and of course, send them to your website. It's like the first thing I do. Um, but what do you do? Is there anything specific you found to be helpful? Um,
1: well, I found that, uh, I mean, you know, at this point I tracked, you know, patients who are already kind of in the know, but early on when I was dealing with more of a general population, I found that, you know, kind of using kind of the crowd out strategy where I encourage people to start adding healthy foods to their diet. Mm. Because the first thing they think of is I'm going to take away their pepperoni pizza, and they can't live the whole life without pepperoni. You know, it's like that's just unthinkable to them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I say no, no, no. I want you to eat more food, right? I want you to eat berries every day, and the next time I want you to, have, you know, eat beans every day. I want you to eat greens every day. I want you to have a salad. I want, you... and then you know, it's like oh wow, they're telling me to eat more food. Okay, I can eat more food. And you know, we have we unconsciously when we eat one thing we, you know, we are eating less of something else later on in the day, whether we consciously know it or not. And so slowly they're starting to move. Their tastes are starting to change. And then, you know, we can do some of these substitutions, you know, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and, and soon by the time they get to the end, they have to have this crowd. They just don't have room to fit in all this mm-hmm. crap in their diet. Um, and, you know, and by then, hopefully they're feeling so much better. They have that kind of internal motivation. So it's mm-hmm. not just someone telling them to eat their vegetables. They all of a sudden feel better. What saying? They're sleeping better. Their periods are better. Their um, the digestion is better. They just, their energy is better. And then they're like, wow, like you couldn't pay me to go back to the way I was eating before. What else can I do? Mm-hmm. And we can work farther and farther, but often kind of without that, you know, without that internal motivation, it's kind of hard. Now other patients, um, you know, particularly those who you know are suffering. So that's more for kind of the healthier patients, which with which may not be kind of suffering the effects of chronic disease. But if I have somebody, um, you know, types of diabetes or something, I will take them, you know, straight off the precipice to a, a incredibly healthy diet in hopes of rapidly reversing their disease. Um, and uh, and you know, and then I approach it them, you know, like look, take this like a free sample. They, you know, it's uh, a, a, uh, you know, it's like a 21 day kickstart kind of program where look, just give me two weeks, just give me three weeks. No, 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 not even thinking, you know, like I can't eat this way forever. No, no, I'm not saying forever. Look, it's two weeks. Look, you can literally eat nothing for two weeks. People fast for two weeks. All right. So give me two weeks, right? Look, you have this horrible disease. Let me tell you about all the things that could happen to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, then you got the motivation. Look, two weeks, right? And then when all of a sudden, you know, they're calling me in the middle of the night because they're having shakes because their blood sugars are so low because they're taking the same amount of insulin, but all of a sudden their disease is so much better, right? We have to rapidly um, bring them down and all of a sudden they see the light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and they realize, oh my God, I never had to have this disease. Wait a second. Are you saying my mom didn't have to die from this disease, right? Then they start Mm -hmm. getting angry and indignant and then their whole family, you know, they get their whole family on board and You know, and that's, it's just a beautiful thing to see.
0: They're your best advocates. They're amazing. I mean, and I've actually, almost the day they start, I cut their insulin dose in half, almost every single patient. Um, And we've had, uh, I've worked with type one too, and it was incredible. She went from having in the 400s down to such a nice tight, under going to be, under her A1C is going to be under six, just beautiful blood sugars. I mean, it's just amazing things. It was just, oh, I love it. So where do you see healthcare in ten years, or you know, in the next? Do you see us making this adjustment fairly rapidly? Do you feel like we're still well, kind of in uh, the beginning yeah, stages?
1: Well, we're hoping that the cost, the the cost pressures, is what's going to do it for us. I mean, it's just it's just unsustainable. We just can't keep treating people like that. I mean, it's just too expensive, right? We're mm-hmm. just going to bankrupt the country. We're bankrupting corporations who are already spending more on healthcare than they are on some of the you know like the raw materials. Um, and so I think that's where we're actually going to see the way being led. It's ironic because here we are on one end kind of blaming corporations, these food companies like Coca-Cola and fast food giants, um, that are, you know, trying to, you know, confuse people about nutrition. On the other hand, it's these large um, corporations that are bearing the the brunt of these healthcare costs because oftentimes they're self-insuring their patient populations. You prevent a few cases of diabetes, all of a sudden that's a huge for your shareholders' bottom line. And so you see some really innovative things happening in the for-profit sector, like Cummins Corporation's big, uh, basically a diesel engine, um, uh, uh, the, you know, a company that has like eighteen thousand employees. Um, but they have these this remarkable plant-based Um, uh, healthcare program, um, I went down and taught, uh, um, uh, you know, kind of taught the the docs and, uh, and, uh, they, they've got my book in all the waiting rooms. And I mean, it's just like, and this is like Midwest, like, I mean, this is not like, you know, I mean, uh, there's other corporations like Whole Foods doing amazing things, but you know, when you have like the, the diesel engineers, you know, I mean, they're the Mm -hmm. ones you know, just really blue collar, but look, they are data driven, right? And that's why, especially mm-hmm. uh, some of these tech companies like Google and Facebook, I've spoken to all of them, because it's like, oh, that's the evidence, that's the science. Okay, oh, that's how their brain works, show mm-hmm. them the evidence, and then, you know, they, they jump on board. So often, so they actually may be help leading the way this kind of cultural shift towards healthier eating.
0: Wow. That's amazing. You're right. Cause, um, I did this in Western Colorado. You might as well have been in West Texas. I mean, where I went to medical school in West Texas, it's, it, it works great. My town was called rifle. Like seriously, um, if I could do it there, anybody could do it anywhere. Sure. So, and then, and I know we catch you for half hour and a few more minutes, but I'm curious, your family. You mentioned your family on occasion. Who is in your family? Like, how many children? Your wife, and what is, what's in your household?
1: They, sure. uh, my family, uh, very much values their privacy. Oh, okay, I sorry. Love to rave about them. Do uh, they
0: eat this way? I. With uh, you?
1: Everybody does. Yes. Good. Okay. Um, yeah. No. No. We have. We have. We just have healthy food in the house um but uh yeah yeah um but they if they've asked me to um to they don't want to be known as oh you're dr gregor's ex right or whatever they want to be known as people in their own right what a concept
0: it's fabulous no
1: i i so for example my partner no one at work knows that i'm her partner oh wow like isn't that crazy like they don't know that uh and she wants to keep it a secret because she doesn't want to be treated as some like you know accessory Uh,
0: it's understandable i harass my children i use them all the time just as examples they're 23 21 and 18 and my husband and they don't have a choice i'm like listen i I need you guys to be my my venue to the (laughs) young ones i'm serious I don't, they don't have a choice. And my kids are going to have two that want to be doctors. So, um, and one's in medical school. So I, Although I you can
1: it. hear one family member barking in the background. So I guess that kind of gives it away. <laughs> but, uh,
0: well, I'm surprised my cat actually hasn't been meowing. He's pretty vocal. He's around here somewhere. So what is your, um, what is your favorite fruit or veg? Um, and why?
1: Um, uh, arugula, my favorite arugula. vegetable. Um, and Ooh, favorite fruit. Oh mangoes. Oh mango fan.
0: Oh my god. Have you ever had the lemon meringue mango?
1: What the heck is a lemon meringue mango?
0: Oh you had to come see me in Boca and I will make sure you get a lemon meringue mango. How about you mail me one? How about as soon as we're done here, I'll get your address and I'll mail it to you. All right. I'm looking forward <laughs> right. to my, my mail my mango in the mail. It's gonna cost me a small fortune but I'm gonna do it for you because you you've I, done, you've done so much for me it's worth it it's absolutely worth it so why the mango and why the arugula oh I just think
1: they, not because they're healthy. I mean the healthiest probably, healthy. definitely berries um and uh, you know collards are probably healthier than arugula but I just love the taste
0: oh I like the i I love arugula like on a veg pizza it's so delicious mm. and <laughs> well I'll tell you because Katie made us um This pita pizza tonight and it has, what does it have? It has garlic. Tell us what it has in it. It's got mushrooms and garlic blended as like a mushroom garlic sauce. Yeah, Ah. it's got eggplant and it has some berries and some roasted chickpeas on top. Oh my God, it's
1: like a G-bomb pita. <laughs> Basically, yeah.
0: that would be the G bomb pita. That's, <laughs> actually, that's we should make a video on the G bomb pita. That's fabulous. Oh my goodness. So, you know, at the end of our um, podcast, because we have a couple of minutes left for you, I just always love to acknowledge people. And I know you've been told thank you many times, but for me as a physician and others, I want to acknowledge you because you have no idea. Well, maybe you do, I don't know. But you don't know how much it, we respect you and um, support you in anything you need and anything we can do. But thank you for not only for myself, but the many lives because of you. Um, I've been able to help and save lives, uh-huh. and um, that really is uh, means a lot to me. And so um, I know Katie and I want to say thank you and acknowledge you and everything you do and, and will do. And uh-huh. and like I said, we're excited and huge, huge, huge fans. Was there anything else you'd like to <laughs> – thank you.
1: Well, no, I Was mean, there- I feel the same way about those that have inspired me. If it wasn't for Pritikin, if it wasn't for Ornish. You know, so many of us wouldn't be doing this work in the first place. So uh, absolutely. We're all just here to help each other help others.
0: Cool. And with that, is there anything else, last things you'd like to add?
1: I uh, just have a wonderful summer
0: and uh, be healthy. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, Dr. Gregor, And I'm just going to turn off the recording because I am going to get your address just one sec here. <laughs>